The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Pharrell on the bench with Mafia. The number's toll-free, 844-843-6879. So, Mafia, honestly, uh, they've dominated this game in shots and bringing the puck out of their end, skating, passing, space, you name it. Uh, You know, I'll give you both teams 17 block shots. I'll give you that Montreal has a few more hits. Uh, You know, I thought they got... You know, juicy calls, 4-2 in power plays. I thought uh, it's 2-1 the entire game. And then you give up that cheap, dirty, flurry mistake off his skate goal with two minutes left. That's just lucky right there. Uh, In my opinion, they should have already lost this game. And they're in overtime now, so they could very well win it, the Canadians. But... Uh, do you feel that I'm crazy in saying that for a team that dominated this hockey game, I can't believe they're in overtime, but don't, don't you feel like it's like Vegas almost has to find a way to win because they've dominated the whole game. They need to find a way to get it done because they deserve this game. Well, yeah, they, they absolutely deserve it. They also need to steal the home ice back. And, you know, after Montreal took game two from them. But like you said, they dominate this game in play. You cannot lose this game and then just ruin yourselves, you know, mentally because – they're doubling them in shots. What I was noticing is what you pointed out before is the turnovers that Montreal's had, and especially in the neutral zone constantly. You know, like they're going to go up by and all of a sudden they lose the puck and Vegas is going the other way getting shots. I didn't feel like Montreal was putting any pressure on when Fleury screwed that up too. That's the bigger thing. It's not even like, oh, well, they're throwing everything at him. You know, two minutes left. They were setting guys in, crashing, you know, four or five at a time, and he, he had to get the puck out because, you know, helping out his defenseman. They didn't have a chance to me for at least five or six minutes before that. He was, you know, sitting pretty not having to really face a lot of shots. They were in control of the game. Montreal hadn't put any real scoring chance pressure on for you know a while in this third period. And then he makes that boneheaded play that just gives them life that they didn't even have. You know, Because the last game, we were talking game two, we didn't know if we thought Vegas might have a chance of coming back because the last five or six minutes, it was just wave after wave coming at Carey Price, shooting the puck. That wasn't happening in this game before Flurry made that dumb mistake. So they had no life, Montreal. That game was racked. And then he does that, and all of a sudden they have a chance here to win this and go up 2-1 in a series that a lot of people thought they'd get swept to lose 4-1. to Well, Armia just almost scored for Montreal in overtime. He broke in, he got around the D, and he uh, dove at Flurry, and uh, Flurry made a toe jam save. So it's still uh, two apiece in overtime. And, uh, you know, it's amazing because both of these goalies are so good. Uh, they're incredible. Let's go to uh, Al in Pittsburgh. You're on the bench. Pretty great interview, Phil. I really, I really enjoyed that. I have, I have a question, sir, about uh, the the Nets and the uh, 
Bucks game tomorrow night. Yeah. Do you think the Bucks are starting to really frustrate the uh, the Nets because it really looks like they're slowing down, like Harden's hurt, but the Nets ain't scoring high points anymore. I think they're really starting to get slowed down, get tired. In my opinion, do you think I'm correct? No, I mean, just like I, I've said all night, all day on the show. I mean, I don't know if you heard me talking to Bill. I, I you know, obviously, I think the, you know, I look, I want the Nets to win. Okay, so I'm not denying that. I want them to win, but I bet on the Bucks. And uh, I just think they're playing better than the Nets. I think they're uh, getting scoring from, you know, Giannis, Middleton, um, Holiday, uh, Lopez. Uh, I think they're dominating the boards. I think they're, uh, you know, they had a 16-point lead in game five that they blew because they let KD go off. Nobody else did anything except Green. Green was the only guy on the whole team that did a thing. So they're not getting productivity from anybody the Nets, except KD. I think Harden's playing on one leg. And I think the Nets have a, a problem uh, defending the Bucks from doing whatever they want. So uh, I don't think they're tired. I think they're just not shooting well, all of them, except Durant. I mean, there's nobody hitting shots. Uh, granted, Green hit seven of eight threes in game five. He didn't do anything in game six. So the reality is they have to get productivity from more than just Durant in game seven, or they're going to get their ass beat. So they've got to have, like Harris has done nothing the whole series. He needs to step up because they keep playing him. They're playing him 35, 40 minutes a game. So if he's going to play the bad luck that he's been, he's been terrible. If he's going to play, then hit some effing shots. So, uh, they've got nobody doing anything. And Harden looks to me like he's playing on one leg, which is exactly what he is. He's not defending, and he can't drive. So if he's just going to hold the ball and be a decoy, then, you know, let's face facts. He's always been a great shooter from anywhere. Three, the elbows, the wings, you know, floaters. He obviously can't drive and float. So, I mean, get on the elbow, get on, you know, above the free throw line, you know, from 18 feet, uh, get on the wing from 20 feet and hit some shots. They got to get hardened to hit some shots. And don't tell me he can't hit shots because he can hit threes all day. So he needs to stick some shots. I don't think it's that big of a deal with a bad hammy to hit some shots because I know I had a bad hammy for two months and I still shot. Uh, fantastic. I mean, sh- you know, running was my problem. Shooting wasn't my problem. I can't believe he doesn't shoot more. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. 
the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Days. It's hard to find something you can trust. Your car? Yeah, right. Trust takes time. And that's why we're here. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. We are your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. So anyway, uh, Pharrell on the bench. So they're in overtime with eight and a half minutes to go at the Bell Center. Still tied at twos. And, I mean, the stress of this game. I mean, I don't even have any bones in it, and I'm losing weight. I'm just like, it's just driving me nuts. Let's go to Eddie in the Bronx. Uncle Butrelli, you the man. Hey, what's up, brother? I'm actually Eddie from Columbus. You remember what you gave me that great story about you and the rooting for the Hoosiers at the towers at Ohio state. Remember that? We remember that, that. is true. That is true. I, I did do that. Uh, and I also vomited there. That's right. You had that IU flag. And as soon as we were up 35, nothing, you said, no dice. I'm busting out that flag and they kicked you out of that stadium quicker than you can spit. Isn't that right? Uncle Petrelli. Yeah, my buddy uh, Bones uh, was the one that walked in like he was crippled with the uh, pole shoved down his leg uh, pants. And he walked like he had, uh, you know, uh, like <laughs> like he was crippled. I don't know any other way to describe it, but he snuck the pole in and we got busted with it eventually when he pulled it out and we got thrown out. But, but uh, look, a million great stories from my days uh, at Indiana, uh, road tripping, I just and, have uh, one particularly quick with that guy. Yeah. Just one quick question. My buddy's from Tampa. He's a Lightning fan. He went to, what was it again? Indian Rocks Beach. You know that area, Uncle Puccello? You know that. Yeah, I know where it is. He likes the Lightning. You think they beat Carver High's Islanders in six, or is this series going with no, I don't know. I don't know about that. I just know that it's let's just simplify this a little bit. If they lose, the Islanders lose tomorrow in that building, their barn, their illustrious Nassau Coliseum where they uh, think they're so great. If they lose that, because they already lost game three. If they lose again in their building tomorrow, it's over. Believe me, you. They will not beat the Tampa Bay Lightning three straight times. No one on earth can beat that team three straight times. So the entire series hinges on the Islanders have to win tomorrow or it's over. Because if they go up 3-1, it'll be over in five. Because they'll beat them in Tampa and that'll be that. Because 
Uh, they came in there with, you know, sold out. They were drunk, loud, crazy, people chugging beers, uh, singing the national anthem in unison, all, you know, the entire crowd, full house, loudest arena in the league, uh, just a cement building that the a sound bounces around like an amphitheater. And all I know is the lightning weren't phased at all. They showed no signs of being intimidated whatsoever by that crowd, unlike the Penguins, unlike the Bruins, who both were rattled in the building. Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup. They got their names on the Stanley Cup. They're not rattled there. They went in there and handled their business, and they're playing with house money tomorrow. If they beat them tomorrow with Vasilevsky in goal, which is he's every bit as good as Price and Flurry. Vasilevsky's got his name on the Stanley Cup. All I know is, and he'll probably win the Vesna this year, all I know is if they win tomorrow, it's over. So the Islanders, it is an absolute must win tomorrow for them in their building or they're done again for the second straight year to this team. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, frankly, in my opinion, if they win, if Tampa wins again, if they win the series, I think they'll beat. Vegas or Montreal and win back-to-back Stanley Cups because that's how good they are. I think their, you know, power play is the most, you know, it may not be the best uh, based on numbers, based on stats or amount of goals or whatever, because it's very finicky, you know, how many goals you score on the power play. You could go up against a team with a great PK like the Islanders and you don't score that many. And that goal by point was not a power play goal to win the game. It was right after the power play expired on the Pellick interference call. All I'm telling you is, is that when that team is on the power play with Hedman at the point and Kucherov on his right and Stamkos on his left and point down on the doorstep and then Palat on the other post, that's the most intimidating power play. Montreal just won the game and... Price gets it done and the halves are up two to one in the series over the heavily favored Knights. They get it done in a you gotta see it to believe it unbelievable a turnover in the neutral zone at the blue line they go the other way breaking in and a beautiful feed at the last second they broke in all alone and you get the cross feed and the goal anderson with the winner set up with his boy what a play. Anderson stuffs it in. Flurry had no chance. And the Canadians win it in a You get it done at the Bells Runner. And they're drinking and thinking and yelling and screaming and spinning and laughing and hurling and target. Shot of beer in the night. 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 Shot of beer. Puke. Corey Perry's face is covered in blood. He was cut open in this game and is gushing blood, welcoming his teammates off the ice with hugs and high fives. Anderson knocked it down. It was a beautiful pass. I keep thinking, I'm trying to figure out who that is. 
Who fed him? I just can't see who 41 is, Mafia. Is it Byron? I think it is. I mean, that was just a beautiful play. I mean, it was such a great fake. Byron was the guy that fed it across. Josh Anderson scored it. Price, two goals allowed on 45 shots. And um, there you go. Uh, Montreal wins it. And they're partying in downtown Montreal like nobody's business. That was unbelievable. Mafia, they had no business winning that game, and they did. And I am telling you, they are here to stay in this series because they just punched the Knights right in the Adam's apple. They got dominated all night, and they still won the game. That's all you need to know. They're in this series. They're two wins away from the Stanley Cup final. They haven't won it since 93, and here they go again. The team with more cups and uh, the NHL than any team in, in history is back at it again, and they're getting involved for your boy Marenzi, big Canadian fan, but that's a huge win. What a play by Byron, defeated over to Anderson. Just all he had to do was tap it in because Fleury got burned by the Byron move, and that was that. Now, going back to the other thing really fast, I was saying the Lightning's power play is the most intimidating thing I've ever seen. When Hedman has that puck at the point and he's feeding it over to Kucherov, which is where he goes the most. He goes to his right the most. And Kucherov is so dangerous with that puck. You don't know if he's going to shoot it, sling it down to the goal line, sling it across to Stamkos, or sling it back to Hedman for a 100-mile-an-hour slapper. All I know is they move it in from the point and they push it down to just above the circles. And it is the most dangerous, efficient, fast-passing, wicked, evil-looking power play. If you're at their mercy, shorthanded, with a, you know, they got a man advantage on a power play on you, you are scared to death as a four-unit and a goalie, uh, scared to death. They just move it so quick and so cleanly and have it down to a science. Even if they don't score, it's the most intimidating thing I've seen in the NHL in the last two years. It is what it is. Montreal gets it done. Anderson with the winner. They're drinking shots. Hey, la boo, huh? The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. 
Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. My buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada, so if he hears you crystal clear, I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. All right, Pharrell on a bench with you. Uh, so uh, here's the deal. The Clippers are getting bent over tonight by the Jazz. It's 72 to 50 at the half in L.A. at Staples. I, I have nothing to say. I, I literally am dumbfounded. How in God's name, uh, you know, beyond it's already, you know, one thing to see. Trey, Ice Trey Young. I mean, it, the, the ice was melted tonight watching that guy brick. With his 50 million shots, and he missed every single layup and floater that he shot, he was just atrocious. I don't care if he had 34 points, whatever the hell he had. He missed so many shots, he should have had 80. But he missed so many shots that it was just embarrassing. And that they got their ass beat by Philly. I don't care what the final score was. They got owned the whole night. They kept going up 8-10, 8-10, 8-10. And they, they won game seven in Philly. That's over. Atlanta blew their chance tonight. And then they turn around, and the Jazz are doing the same thing to the Clippers. They're beating their ass. They're up 22 at that. That game's over. That game's over. There's no way in, in hell they're coming back from 22 down at the half. Are they? I mean, when you get when you give up 72 in the first half, and Mitchell's playing on one ankle, and he's got 22 and lighting it up, there is no way you're winning that game. So get ready for Game 7 back in Salt Lake. So let's talk golf instead. Andy Drano-Lano is back on the bench in the biggest way possible. Former PGA caddy and friend of the show and sports grid uh, to talk about the second round of the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Andy, first of all, let me start with this. I don't, obviously it won't happen this weekend, but the problem is that I'm having is the last two nights, NBC left the coverage of the U.S. Open in primetime to put their golf coverage on that stupid-ass Peacock channel that you have to pay for. Uh, It's just... Beyond me, it is actually beyond me that a major now, a, a golf major that the public, you you know, people don't care, in my opinion, about golf to begin with. The general population does not care about golf. And you want golf to be on at all times when it's a major. You want it to be so the people can watch it from Thursday to Sunday all day, every shot, the whole round. It's the majors. It's the U.S. Open. And they take it off TV and put it on that stupid-ass peacock. I can't tell you how much that drives me nuts, Andy. I mean, I think that's just stupid. I think it sucks. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, yeah, Scott. Uh, I was I was telling my wife, I'm like, I got to do all this, you know, hip hopping and leapfrogging around from going from the Golf Channel to NBC to Prime to, to I mean, the Prime Time, then back to the Golf Channel, then on to the Peacock thing, and a lot of people don't even have that, like you said. So, I mean, the USGA, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. I mean, the U.S. Open is the is like you said, one of the it tournaments that most non golfers. If they're going to watch it, they're going to watch that one. They're going to watch the Masters. They're going to watch the because they get it. You know, they get the big hype about being major. So, yeah, it, it's it's a bit confusing to me. But like you said, should be handled tomorrow when they cut the field in half and and they don't have fog delays. Hopefully. Well, look, I think tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, it'll be on NBC. It won't be on the Golf Channel. Uh, at all it's going to be on nbc from probably you know one or two o'clock until uh it, it would appear to me 11 o'clock eastern because they're going to play till eight o'clock at least eight thirty west so i'm thinking prime time till eleven thirty at night it'll be on nbc i'm sitting here tonight they got swimming trials for the olympics on nbc and the Golf Channel's got the LPGA on, and they're telling me, go to Peacock to watch the U.S. Open. That's embarrassing. I, I don't care. Whoever made that decision is an idiot, an absolute idiot. There are two golf tournaments, and, and I mean it, that people watch. It's the Masters and the U.S. Open. People don't even care. I told you my favorites. The I told you the other day, my favorites, the British Open. That's it. The Open Championship's the real deal. Right. That's the hardest golf tournament in the world. And the PGA Championship, by the time they used to run it in August, no one gives a rat's ass. But the U.S. Open has always been with the Masters on a different level. And I can't watch it on TV because uh, everybody's greedy and making money. And they put it on private streaming channels that you have to pay for. That's just a dumb, stupid, greedy idiotic decision on any level because I'm telling you no one in their right mind Andy is going to pay just so they can watch golf for an hour no way you know what they're going to do no one watches golf and tennis to begin with and then you take a major off TV and put it on a pay service screw them that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen yeah, I, I don't understand it, and I'm honestly, that's above my pay grade on who makes those decisions. I know that obviously the USGA controls all that, so I mean, I don't, I don't know where that comes from, but I know up until recently, like you said, it used to be the only thing on all day, every day. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. I, it's so it's so crazy. I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm going to get angry. So let's talk about uh, first of all. I can't even fathom. The two guys tied for the lead, uh, Richard Bland and this guy, Cal Hotel California, don't call me Don Henley. I don't even know what's going on here. Bland's won once in his life. He won the British Masters, which no one thought would happen either. And now suddenly, uh, here he is at the U.S. Open, and he turned it uh, at, you know, four under today. He went 70-67 back-to-back. And so did Henley, 67-70. They're both at 500 with a one-stroke lead. I have a hard time believing they're going to be standing there on Sunday where they are now. But stranger things have happened. What did you think when you saw those two tied for the lead after 36 of the U.S. Open at Torrey? 
Well, you know, when I looked up, you know, because I kind of was fading in and out doing a few things or whatever, and I never even saw Bland sneaking up the board. But I did hear a few weeks ago that he had this miracle win and, you know, that it finally happened for him. And actually, I, I think I, I might have been over there when he was in his younger days when I went to my few tournaments over there. But so I knew he won. And then as far as Russell Henley goes, I mean, I know Russell – He's good, solid, you know, you know, iron player, straight kind of guy, whatever. And I did hear that that his approach, his approaches, he was ranked like a hundredth, and he somehow narrowed it down to third. So if he's doing that kind of thing with his irons, then he might be able to hang around. The other guy, I'm not sure. I'll be honest with you, I don't know his game that well. But like tomorrow is when the the heat in the oven gets turned up. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So you're telling me he went from a hundredth on approaches from, you know, the wedge in, from the, you know, drive to the green, the second shot in, you know, landed on the green, go for birdie. You're telling me he's actually gone from one hundredth on tour to number three. Right. And to put the cherry on the top of that, his last four tournaments were MC Hammers and two DFLs basically made the cut and finished 70th. So there's just absolutely no evidence that he figured this out until he hit, hit his tee shot on Thursday. And, I mean, I've seen that. I saw it a lot in my career. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but, I mean, here he is, and he's, he's, a, he's a very good putter. So with that, and, you know, decent short game. So he might be able to, you know, tough it out another 36. But, you know, he's got Louie breathing down his neck. And obviously a few of the other big boys, Mark Carl, came with a big round today. People were writing him off yesterday, and he, he came right back. And obviously Rom's sitting there. And the biggest surprise to me, honestly, is Bubba Watson. I mean, there, again, he's never he, – I mean, this is like his – I think this is his first time he's been in the top ten in his last seven or eight majors after two days. So there's a lot of surprises. And, you know, obviously Shoffley hanging in the weeds. Scotty Scheffler, people talking about – it could be just some crazy lane changing going on tomorrow. I got to tell you, uh, Andrew Leno with us, former PGA uh, caddy and a regular on Sports Grid now and on the bench and coast to coast. So, Drano, tell me this. Like, you talk about Bubba Watson. I have to tell you, uh, that's who I'm rooting for uh, on the weekend because, I mean, he's won two Masters and then – Nothing else. I mean, but he has won on this golf course. He won the Farmers at Torrey. I know that. And he's playing great golf. And you know as well as I do, that guy, he makes it up as he goes. He doesn't have any kind of plan. That guy goes out and just absolutely grips it and rips it and just needs to have, you hear him even say it. He's like, I just need angles. I need curves. I need crazy shots. I need to go big ball over trees and and do the crazy, unthinkable shots. He's never been a straight drive, fairway, iron-in player. He's been a radical player. And he's had a head case problem with putting for the last 10 years where he's never in these majors. I can't even believe he's two strokes back. And I thought today he birdied four, uh, five, six, eight, nine, 13 and 16 he had three bogeys and all those birdies i can't believe where he is and you know everything i just said about his game is true right 
For sure. Bubba's never had a lesson in his life. That's been noted. He's a creative player. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you gotta do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Pharrell on the bench. We're talking to Andrew Lano, the former PGA uh, caddy with us on the bench. So we got cut off. Let's start again on Bubba. You were talking about him. Uh, he, he creates as he goes, never had a lesson in his life. And here he is, two shots off the lead at the U.S. Open, a place he's won before at the South Course at Torrey Pines. He obviously loves the golf course. And he said today, I heard him say, you know, I'm not – you know, Mr. Hit the fairway and then hit it clean in and straight shots aren't my uh, forte. He likes doing crazy stuff. Is he going to be able to hit the shots he needs and the putts need to fall? But he seemed to me like he was putting today, hitting all those birdies. So do you think he can keep it up on Saturday into Sunday and be there at the end? I mean, Bubba's Achilles heel, as he noted prior, is his putter. It's never been really about the the strike. I mean, he's been maybe a little wild with a driver or whatever, but his striking is always pretty decent. And like you said, he's very creative. So you're going to get in some funny spots, even if if you hit it crooked, even at Torrey Pines. And he's got the creativity to obviously hit the shots, get him up by the green, and do okay. Now he's actually getting birdie putts, and now the birdie putts are going in. So now he's building confidence with a flat stick, something that he hasn't had a whole lot of confidence with. So honestly, I mean, but he could be very dangerous. I mean, his length is not going to is going to help him huge. And and he's just like you said, he's won there before. He's got good juju going, good feelings. I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if he's there on the back nine Sunday. Are you rooting for him? I am. I hope he wins it. I, I don't. I don't well, know if he will, good but are you rooting for him? Yeah, yeah, I'm good friends with his with his caddy too, Ted, and uh, you know we're, we're we stay in touch, and and Ted's a very good player in his own right too, outstanding player, tremendous caddy, and uh, 
um, you know, they're a heck of a team. So I know when they get to the front, usually, you know, the door closes. So it'll be interesting to see how they navigate the next two days. Have you ever seen anything like that guy's career that he uh, played so well at Augusta and won it? And, you know, when he won, he broke down crying and everything. It was really special. And then he's never done anything else. It's crazy. Like, he's won a couple tournaments here and there. But in, in majors, he's, you know, he's not even a factor. I, I mean, it's surprising to me because I've always loved – people love him. Fans love him. Yeah, he's exciting to watch, and obviously, you know, like I like I tell people, and they forget or whatever that I mentioned, the Masters. The one unique thing about the Masters, as you know, it's played at the same course every year. So now, you know, so that's a big, big plus for Bubba when he's won there a couple times. He loves that place. It's wide open. Doesn't have any rough. The creativity, everything we've talked about, it's made to order for him. Now you start going to these other places where they have. You know, the U.S. Open, tight, high rough, not familiar with it. You know, you got to have your short game going, and if he didn't, then he usually doesn't contend or whatever. So, I mean, it's uh, golf's a crazy game. And like I said, I mean, you take that mirror against Henley's mirror, who you haven't seen anything that even remotely thinks that he, this guy would be where he is right now. It's, uh, it's going to be exciting stuff to see who's, you know, you know, going to jockey around, and you still got all these guns breathing down their neck. Shofali, Rom, I mean, DJ's not too far away, Morikawa. I mean, there's this could be a real mad rush to the finish. All right, so what do you think of uh, people been talking about John Rom being the number one golfer in the world, and he needs to obviously break through in a major. Is this the one? Here he is two shots back, and he went 69-70 today. I think he had one bogey today. I could be wrong, but uh, pretty solid, and he's right there. Is this his shot? Oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, as you know, he won here. He's got the same kind of deal going where he won the State Farm, and he's been playing great. I mean, you obviously know what happened to him last week. I mean, he could have, you know, handed the clubs to his caddy the last three holes and finished and still won. I mean, he had such a big lead. I mean, not to, you know, discount any runs made by anyone behind him, but he was rocking and rolling last week before he got hit with the COVID thing. So not a surprise he's where he's at. I don't think he's had his best round yet. He's striking good. Like you said, he's keeping it in play, and he's, he's right there, you know, only three behind. But he still hasn't had his best round. And if he pops his best round, you know, look out rest of the field. So what did you think of uh, Kepka falling back and DeChambeau uh, having a two-under round, and they're both even five shots back? Uh, I'm surprised Kepka had a bad day. Yeah, you know, I was looking at that and I'm going, oh my, because I don't know if the folks out there know, but how they how they actually do the pairings. But basically, they post scores on the board. You know, for instance, the morning people, which is where Deshambo was, he gets posted first. You know, up on par, and so he's sitting there, and I see what happening to uh, Kepka. Got it all the way out. I think he had it to four under, and then he started, you know, backing up a little bit. Next thing I know, he's sitting on one. And I said, wow, if he lands on the bottom of the ones and DeChambeau's at the top of the evens, they, they almost could have played together without even having to make the request. So that's going to be interesting. I give DeChambeau credit for pop, you know, popping back. He didn't look good yesterday. Kepka looked great yesterday, and he kind of had a 
you know, it's tougher to play, as you know, uh, with the late early. I mean, excuse me, the early late tee time, in my experience over the 25 years, that's the tough one because, you know, you got that big weight and now you're going out, they've trampled on the greens and, you know, the greens in the course look terrific on TV, I must say. But, I mean, it is harder to play late on Fridays and obviously Kepka had a little bit of a tough time getting it in, but, again, still right there. So I know he's not going to win it, but Spieth, after that 77, you got to give him credit for having a 69 and making the cut. For sure. I mean, the one thing you can say about about Jordan is guy never gives up. I mean, he looked like he had nothing yesterday. Six over at one point, I think I saw him, and then he he fought back to four, and then you know you know he finished you know where he did. I think he finished about five or six or whatever. But you know what? When you can putt and chip like him, you're never out of anything. Even if he doesn't quite have his striking going, the guy's always going to be there. In the weeks that you see him do what he, you know, when he runs the table, that means he's driving it good. So he's really dangerous, you know, in those cases. But yeah, I mean, Jordan's a grinder, and you know, I, and I, you know, I like I like his style, and I like, you know, I like his demeanor, and he just keeps 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 trying to push the wheelbarrow up the hill. What did you think of uh, Phil Mickelson uh, having a sixty nine today, going two under, and getting back in this thing? I think it's awesome. I mean, he had his back against the wall. He got, I guess, he got distracted yesterday. He had obviously he's got all the crowd there pulling for him. You know, however many they're letting in, I still never did hear the number. But you know, if you looked at the the uh, the the the, the uh, what is it the thing that does the pitches uh, anyway the overhead shot, all the people around Phil's group, and then there was a few you know partisans around the other groups or whatever. But yeah, I think it was great, and I think you know Phil's still dangerous where he is. If he gets, he's going to get out early tomorrow, and he can go out and set a precedence. I mean. The winning score could be like one under. Think about that. So Phil's at plus two. I mean, it's not. I mean, they're going to really toughen this place up, and they've had perfect weather, and they may have perfect weather the next two days. But that score, that's five. That it could back up very easily on the weekend. So you know that uh, it's the same thing every time. There, it's uh, it's June swoon uh, in the morning, and then and it. You know, one or two o'clock, the sun uh, blows out the clouds and it uh, fizzles and turns, you know, beautiful the rest of the day and, and into sunset. It's the same thing every day. So the guys that play in the morning play in that overcast, misty, ocean spray mm-hmm. type uh, weather and it's cool. And then the sun breaks out at 1, one thirty, and then it's raging and you're putting on the sunblock. Uh, what advantages or disadvantages do you have? Well, obviously the winds pick up later in the afternoon as well. Is it easier? I know you talked about morning and afternoons, but is that June swoon mornings, uh, you know, all the way till one o'clock at one thirty? It's oh, it's the same thing every day. I lived there for ten years. It's it's the June swoon every single day. It's what you saw today is what you get. Right, and I can tell you that you ask any of those golfers, and they'll take the June swoon in the morning, and for one reason, one, the course is a little bit softer, it's a little moister, not as much wind, like you said, and the greens are in really good shape. Then, as you said, when they crack the sun, the sun gets cracked open, things start drying out, and things start getting crusty, and putts don't do what they're supposed to do, whether it be a heel print, 
or, or the wind or whatever it may be. So huge advantage. And the, you know, that's what brings the field back and that's how they balance. It. So like I said, if someone say at 10 o'clock gets out, starts lighting it up and posts a score, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the whole day pans out with the weather. I mean, these guys, all the guys, one thing about, uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. The one thing the guys, there's one, there's one element that they fight that they don't want to really take on. They'll tell you this. They'll play in the cold, the snow, and everything, but it's the wind. So we haven't had much so far at Torrey. Yeah, I thought there was more wind on Thursday than there was today. But uh, a lot of the picks that you had, uh, I think, uh, you know, Hoffman, Grace, all those guys are definitely in this. As you look at it now, as you reshuffle the deck for the weekend when it matters, the money rounds, Saturday and Sunday, who do you like from this point uh, in terms of your bets? Okay, well, I took, we obviously got a little gut punch happened to our guy, Victor, didn't realize he was going to get sand in his eye, hitting balls and get scratchy retina and couldn't see after 11 holes. So again, that was a tough break. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that makes golf, playing, playing golf, like, to me, probably the hardest sport to handicap in the world. Just for that. I mean, who do you even thought of that happening? But going back now to the other four, they're still in the game for the top 20. Reed had a little bit of a gaff coming in with the putter. But like you said, Charlie's right there. I mean, Grace has hit 16 out of 28 fairways. Louis, Louis right there. I mean, Louis could win this thing, and they're not even talking about him. The guy just finished second to Mickelson, and I didn't hear anything hardly about him at all. And the guy, he's sitting right there in the catbird seat in third place. And, I mean, he could be, he could be right to, to take it, too. I mean, he's got the one, you know, I call it the British Open. You call it the British Open, the Open. But I'm telling you, he really, really wants this one this week. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know why they don't talk about him is because, you know, Louie's the nicest guy in the world, South African, but it's because he's South African. Nobody gives a rat's ass about him, and he's mellow. He's quiet. He's soft. He's he's not an entertainer. He's just a golfer, and he's the nicest guy ever. Everybody loves him on tour, and he respects kids and everything else that are young that play, and he's always rooting for everybody. He's just a positive guy, but he's boring. So they don't talk about him because he's not he doesn't have the juice that all these guys have that they love talking about on these network broadcasts. Uh, Drano Leno, I love you. Great stuff. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for coming on the bench, brother. Kick ass. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, Scotty. Take care. All right, there he is, Andrew Leno II, uh, PGA caddy and good friend of the show. Uh, as we get ready for the weekend at Torrey Pines. How about this? Come back by the Clippers, perhaps? The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Such a badass. He just absolutely is a monster in the block. I just want to feel my burger finger up. There's so much money and you don't even know it. All right, so uh, I think uh, the Jazz were up 31. I don't, I don't know. Mafia was at 31 because right now they're up seven. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. Uh, they were up 30 and they blew that lead. I mean, they, I know they're on this huge run, obviously, but they are going off. And the I mean to tell you, the Jazz are shooting bricks like nothing you've ever seen before. But Spite has got 28 in this game, and Clarkson has 21. But all of a sudden, he's bricking, and uh, Clarkson. And then on the other side, uh, Mann is having a game of his life, 34 points for Mann. And then uh, PG's got 17. Reggie Jackson's got 13, and, and Batum has 10. But how about this guy, uh, Terrence Mann, with the game of his life, 13 of 17 from the floor, 6 of 8 from 3. The guy's got 34 points. He's just, I mean, simply going off. I mean, there's nothing else to say. Dodgers and Diamondbacks, bottom seven in Zona, no score. Brewers, Rockies are tied at fives at Coors in the 10th. Angels 7-1 over the Tigers, bottom six at Anaheim. Giants lead the Phillies 5-3, bottom six in San Francisco. Padres up 4-2 on the Reds, bottom four at Petco. Mariners lead the Rays 5-1, bottom five in Seattle. Pirates 11-10, final over the Indians. A's beat the Yankees 5-3 in the Boogie Down Bronx. Royals 5-3 over the Red Sox. Nats 1-0 over the Mets. Orioles 7-1 over the Jays. Braves 9-1 over the Cards. Marlins 10-2 over the Cubs. Twins 7-5 over the Rangers in 10. And the Astros beat the White Sox 2-1. Have a great Father's Day weekend. Enjoy the U.S. Open. Enjoy tomorrow night's Bucks nets Game 7. We'll see what happens here. Philly will play Atlanta Sunday uh, in Game 7 in Philadelphia. If the Jazz win tonight, Game 7 will be Sunday. If the Clippers win this game, the series is over. All right, Mafia, happy Father's Day. I'll see you freaks on Monday on Coast to Coast at 4. Good night. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.